kind of thing. What makes cereal cereal? Who decided we needed ID cards? Where do all these dang roads go? Here on Ranjin, we've given up on trying to select topics ourselves. So each week we'll be firing up a random word generator and wasting your time with really whatever we feel like. Who gets paid up to think uh, terrible ideas at ad agencies? And how do they feel about themselves? What's new with library mascots and why are librarians sexy? And why are apples universally held to be the most appealing of all fruits? We'll be tackling all these and more, so stay tuned. Alright, John, this is our first episode of our work in progress. Um, today's topic is liquid fuel stoves, a riveting subject for everyone, I think. Um, so, you know, thanks for being here, making time in your busy schedule. I, I know there's a lot going on currently. It's a bit of a joke because we're both just stuck in here and not going anywhere, so... <laughs> So I, th- I think stoves being one of the, the cornerstones, pardon me, the corner stoves of our civilization. Uh, she's shaking her head right now, you can't see it. I, I think that's a wonderful kind of initiative here, our, our first annual, bi-weekly, whatever we want to do here. So um, I, I have my notes here on, on the topic. I, I figure we could just dive right in, maybe take a, a call or two from one of our concerned citizens who want to make sure they're getting the proper word out on a, you know such a... Such an important topic, so uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk about the format here. I'm, I'm kind of a, a detail-oriented guy. I think you're a little bit more big picture. Um, how do you want to start us off here with uh, you know making sure we get all the proper information across? Well, first of all, I think that we should maybe explain what exactly a liquid fuel stove is and why it exists. That's a big philosophical question. I, I don't know if that's going to fit the time frame here. You know why the, why it exists, but uh, most great questions can be answered in a minute or less. Otherwise, you know. Let's you let's let's do it. All right, we got a minute. Let's so, try. You go for it. You go for it. Yeah, we got a. I'll, I'll time you, 60 seconds, go. Stoves. So basically, uh, you take some liquid and uh, it doesn't usually require any kind of pressurization because like physics and stuff, and then it burns. And there's various ways that it burns uh, outward, uh, either directly from the canister itself or through various hoses in order to produce something edible, most likely, if all things go well and does not cause accidents. Uh, they're also usually meant to be light and portable, so you don't like have to go forage for sticks to like burn things to eat. It's a, uh, I don't know, it's kind of an oxymoron. Truly in my a opinion. labor saver. In, in my opinion, it just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense if you're gonna go hiking, which is typically uh, what I found to be the most used uh, or the most widespread reason to have a liquid stove basically is for hiking but to me that defeats the purpose um of going out in the wilderness but that's just that's just me i, I think i might prefer to just gather sticks and light on fire but you know to each their own do, do sticks come in liquid form not not to interrupt you i mean I well you see the the fuel is uh, very variable in a lot of these stoves uh, you can burn just about anything so uh as you know there are uh, operations in physics that 
say that you can increase the pressure on an object in order to decrease its melting point. So in theory, yes, if you got a very heavy person to stomp on a bunch of sticks, you could potentially fill up your stove, yes. I, I thought this was just kind of a pick up and, and, and go type appliance, but it, it sounds like you need sticks and you need an extraordinarily fat, energetic person. So what- Yeah, that, that's one of the things you could, you could take. What else do you need to run a, li a liquid-fueled stove. Well, you still need a way to light it, you see. So it doesn't, it's not usually self-lighting. Um, you can get something fancy with like a little, little flint in, embedded in there. It does sound fancy. Do, I don't know. Um, you have your cigarette lighter, most of us smoke these days, so it's probably taken care of, not really a big deal. Uh, you, if you get in a pinch, you could probably also tap that cigarette lighter and refill your liquid stove if you need to eat rather than smoke. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of versatility here. I, I think that's a great overview. Um, kind of letting people know, you know what they're used for, what some of the challenges are. Unfortunately, I, I, I think approximately 40% of the world's population still does not have access to clean sticks on a daily basis. Oh, uh, that's unfortunate. It's, it's very unfortunate. I think we're going to get some mail about I that one. That, uh, I think that some, some disadvantaged countries <coughs> with their lower obesity rates too might have an impact on that's, the that's widespread true. availability of these liquids. We can't all live in the, in the great state of America. No, we can't, unfortunately. Whew, all right. Um, well, I, I think if we were trying to start off on the right foot, we've done something about that. So, uh, just reading from the Wikipedia page here. Quote, a portable stove is a, is a cooking stove specially designed to be portable and lightweight, used in camping, picnicking, which which has its own page. Someone, someone wrote up the Wikipedia page oh, on picnicking. It's probably last edited in the last week. I'm sure there's a lot of people looking up how to picnic these days. Uh, there's there's got to be a, newfound a social how-to wiki on there somewhere. Yes. If, if any of you 2D design artists are looking for a good way to break into the market, picnicking how-tos. Oh, and illustrated diagrams, you know, if you're, if you're a textbook illustrator out of work right now. Oh, absolutely. With the one, two, three sequences. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be great. That, we're not gonna charge y'all for that one. Hit us up though. We, uh, we, we do consult. But getting back to it, uh, picnicking, backpacking, other use in remote locations where an easily transportable means of cooking or heating is needed. So just, just going by this intro sentence here, it sounds like you don't actually need to be cooking something over the stove. You can just let it do its own thing and that, that little bit of entropy that it steals from the universe can make you nice and toasty at night. Yeah, that's correct. And um, if you don't cook on it, you also have the bonus of not ingesting carcinogens. Uh, that's a that's thing you gotta worry about with these things. So if you just if you just light the stove and watch it, probably safer. Now, who who's getting cancer when you just light it and not eating it? I mean, well, the environment will get cancer, but because it's such a large area, uh, we don't really care. About it's that. just a little cancer, big environment. No, it doesn't really matter. Pardon me. Gotcha. Okay. Um, this is going to be broken down into several broad categories based on the kind of fuel. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about the prime stove, the, the liquid-fueled stove. We did refer Which to... Which some you do have to prime. Let us be specific on that. There is some physical manual labor involved. In like that, that little blister button that's on the side of the lawnmowers, you press it a couple of times, your dad yells yeah. at you a little bit. It's your fingernail goes through the middle of it sometimes. You turn it on its side to see what's going on and oil runs out all over mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's still hot and catches on fire. And smokes and you still gotta cut the grass somehow. Somehow. 
That's a dip, that's a whole separate episode. Now they do make liquid, uh, liquid burning flamethrowers you just burn away your brush. Uh, but that's for another episode, I'm sure. I'd imagine that gas be a bit better there. Li liquid's probably yeah. better for, you know, getting Nazis out of trenches and stuff, but for weeds on your driveway, you can't beat, you know, God's own gas propane. No, you can't. That was correct. Clean burning. If we were talking about fluid burning stoves, we could talk about those, but we're not. So, um, you know, pressurized versus unpressurized, built-in fuel versus uh, added fuel. You know, there's a lot of different questions here. Um, but I, I think all in all, it comes down to the fuel and the ignition point. Um, I'm a fan of pressure myself. So I, I think that nice. using volatile liquid fuel and some sort of pressurized burner, or, you know, uh, definitely beats out the gravity-fed spirit stoves or bastard's gas, as we call them. What is something that, that just kind of relies on filling up a cup at the bottom of the stove and like hoping the pressure uh, kind of equalizes uh, on its own? That's a classic variation of the hobo way to cook SpaghettiOs over the, the car cigarette lighter. Right, right. I knew a homeless guy who had three of those and he would cycle them out. So he, he'd have two in the Cadillac because of course he had an old broken down Cadillac he was living in. Of course. And then he, he, would, he would take one, set the can on top of it for a minute, once that one cooled down, he'd, he'd cycle it out. I mean, it, it was kind of crazy how it was. There's a cigarette lighter in the passenger door, one in the dashboard, and one in the driver door. So he's, he's leaning all over the place. Man, that's got to be a crazy smoker's car before it was broken down. I think you could scrape it for resin. Wow. If you desire. <laughs> Back to it. Modern portable stoves emerged from the 19th century onwards, mid-19th century. And we're not getting into the granddaddy stoves, which are just burning sticks. You know, we, we moved on from that. Yes, they did not have obesity pre-1950, so of course they didn't know about the liquefying sticks process. So these are the grandchildren of kerosene lamps. I'm sure everyone has seen those. You know, we all have a couple laying around the house for when the power goes out. Um, it's got a wick, a, a reservoir on the bottom, a burning shroud on top to keep things contained. So the, the chef, a uh, French gentleman named Alexis Sauvier, and I'm gonna butcher this, <clears throat> chef de cuisine at the Reform Club in London from 1837, instituted many innovations, including cooking with gas, uh, cold water cycle refrigerators, and, and ovens, get this, with adjustable temperatures. Oh Got, wow, that's, this, that's fancy. This guy was the da Vinci of uh, cuisine cooking in, in the 19th century, apparently. Now, to be clear, is this the same guy who was filmed in that documentary that France holds in high regard from Pixar Studios that a uh, small rodent and a, and a chef team up together? Is, is, he, is, that a, is that a reenactment of what happened? I will not hear a single word against that movie. We, we can't mention the title right now, but I'll, I'll stop this production. Yeah, we haven't made any money off this. I'll stop can't. it dead. <laughs> we can't pay for the copyright. <laughs> use of copyright or whatever. So he, he patented this magic stove, which, quote, allows people to cook wherever, unquote. Advertising was a lot simpler back then. Oh yeah, so it's kind of like the set it and forget it thing, you know? But did you, were you a part of that? Where like 1997, like there's a rotisserie chicken cooker, you would just sit on the, on, the, on the counter and it did some kind of convection business and you just set it and forget it? Here in Dallas, I thought that was just like a frying pan you put outside in the middle of the day. Well, I can see that too. You have to make sure the sky pigeons don't take your lunch pigeon though. Yeah, get a direct, uh, direct uh, line of sight to the sun and you can cook yourself for free. And then, um, you know, for every 
uh, Tesla, there's a, uh, oh, who's that light bulb guy? Edison. For every Tesla, there's an Edison. So enter, enter Carl Nyberg. And this bastard looked at the good, wholesome, liquid burning stove and said, you know, I can do better. He couldn't, that's what he said. <laughs> so this guy invented the blowtorch in 1882 and thought, you know, what if I had a bunch of these pointing at a piece of food? He's only got two arms. You know, it's, it's 1880. Uh, what you know, else are you gonna do? Cheap labor is, is maybe not so cheap. At this point in time, Industrial Revolution, five-day work weeks, work weekends, mm -hmm. labor rights. So this guy developed some kind of you know, holding bracket and began manufacturing Primus gas stoves. The first model, called Victoria, no, no doubt due to some, some thing we won't get into here. I'm sure it's some kind of scandalous thing. He probably tried to have sex with it at least one time. Probably. Not very successful model, but uh, later Svea, 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 S-V-E-A model did quite a bit better. Um, I think it'll just go to show you that no one's ever gone broke by underestimating, you know, consumer intelligence. Yeah, that's a, that's a good statement there. Well, from the beginning up to where we are now, stoves in one form or another, the, the story of the stove has really been the story of us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've all, all seen that trope of the little animated Neanderthals discovering fire for the first time. Really just all happened again. We discovered liquid burning stoves about 100 years ago. With, uh, it's all thanks to Alexis Sauvaire, chef de cuisine. And uh, thanks to him, we can pretty much cook anywhere, cook anytime, now, cook anything. Now, why would we want to cook anywhere? I don't think we've quite gotten into that yet. Man, I would love to go out to a restaurant right now. You just want to go squat up on a, a closed restaurant patio seating with a, our own portable stove and cook things that they might serve to us there if they were open? And that's a good idea. You know, that's probably the ultimate way to re retain all aspects of mental health and public safety. It's very woke. I like this. Versatile. Versatile. All right. Agenda for episode two. You guys tune in next Tuesday. We'll make it happen. Uh, we'll go ahead and take a call from a concerned citizen. We'll wrap things up and uh, have a good week. Thank you. Buy canola oil. It's no longer called rapeseed. Now it's canola oil. Buy it. Thanks everyone for hanging around during that commercial break. Um, before we wrap things up for the week, John and I do have a caller, a very passionate person. Didn't, didn't get the name or where he's calling from, but I, I think it'll be a good one. Um, John, do you want to go ahead and screen the call through? Yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring who, him on who, in. who are we talking to? Hello, can you hear us? Billy Joe, you put that fucking possum down. Hi, my name's Billy. I am calling from my outhouse, and I got a concern about these stoves. That, that sounds pretty fancy, Billy. You got a you got a phone in the outhouse these days. I'm not sure what a phone is, but anyway, I am calling for the first time in a long time about stoves for you people. I just want you to know, it's the little green men that's powering them. There's no liquid fuel. Liquid doesn't I'm, cook. I'm going to have to pause you right there, Billy. If we, you throw a liquid in a potato or a potato and liquid, it doesn't cook. It gets soggy. Billy, we, we've made it very clear. That, that stoves are can be liquid fueled. You know, we we haven't talked at all about little green mint. How how do you reconcile liquid fueled stoves with with your current views on on what a stove is? Well, a stove is what you 
throw a possum in and see what it goes. You know? That's what Ma's for. She's out there. She's throwing possums in them. She's throwing kids in them. Hell, she's even throwing the damn pig in them. I love that pig. Well, it's always nice to hear from everyone. It was the best pig I ever had until the little green men came and got it. You know what they did with it? They turned it into one of them fancy stoves. Y'all don't believe me. So do you still know. use your stove after the men infected it? Is it, or how does is it the holding up? Go? How's the maintenance go on my pig stove? Oh, it's really easy. You feed it corn. Oh, okay, so it, this one is actually a solid fuel burning stove. Now, now, Billy, we, we have we have family viewers. We're gonna have to ask you to tone down the language here, or we're gonna have to end this call a little early. Get you know. Sorry about that. I got little ones myself. They won't put the possum down. All right, we're gonna have to let Billy go here. Billy, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Billy. I got We gotta let you go, Billy. Thank you. Your whole story more. Stuff. Some yeah. of the some of the crazies coming out of the woodwork <laughs> for this one. That was Ooh, boy. that was quite a bit. Okay. Um, well, uh, as is tradition, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the week on a quote. Uh, this one's coming in from Sandra Faber. No idea who she is or what she does, but this one's a cracker. Quote: You could think of the galaxy as a sort of stove with lots of pots on it, and the pots are the interstellar medium, like a chicken broth getting stronger with every reduction. Every time a supernova goes off and sends its heavy elements out into the ether, we cook up a stew that's better and better for solar systems, life, and liquid-fueled stoves. Well, that's definitely uh, something to consider and meditate on for a couple minutes this weekend. Words to live by. Really, words to live by. If you guys have any suggestions, send them to us. We'll ignore them. We're just pulling these things from a random word generator, so I'd be happy to uh, delete your emails unread. Send them in. We'll get you an address. Check the description. And until next time, stay toasty. Stovey, I should say. Stovey. Stovey. <laughs>